1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Look
2: at this guy. Will you come to Philly?
1: Your whole world's going to change overnight. I got to work. My mom
2: and my daughter, they mean everything to me. Salary's $900,000. He will call you
3: sick.
4: <laughs> it's adam sandler with oh jody what's the name of the kid who plays for the jazz The kid in the movie anyway um, what do you mean,
2: Bo Cruz?
4: No, yeah, well, Bo Cruz is the character name. I forgot the name of the actual actor who's,
2: who's the head of it. Wancho Herman
4: Gomez. There you go. That's exactly what I was looking for, and this is what we're watching. Sponsored by Guide to Door and Window. Buy any window or door and get the second of 50% off, plus interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Call Guide to Door and Window today. One eight seven seven 877 go guida or visit GOGUIDA.net. Yes, that was a little blurb. Uh, From Hustle, the new Adam Sandler movie, it dropped earlier this week on Netflix. It's actually doing really well, getting uh, eyes all over the world, but particularly here in Philadelphia because it's a real Philadelphia sports movie. It is one of the best Philadelphia sports movies. I actually talked about it a little bit yesterday on Angelo's show, Jody, so I'll let you go first and give your, your overall take on
2: this thing. I got a question for you, Mr. Movie Guy, before we even get into the movie. Um, mm. I'm still trying to comprehend the way we now take in movies because it opened in the theater, was in the theater for about a week, not even like five days, and then was available via Netflix. Uh, I guess, uh, and again, I watched it on my 40 and 60 inch whatever size my flat screen TV is here in my house um, because it was a, a highlight type film I guess it would have been cooler on a big screen but I think of that as more computer generated stuff that you got to go see because your TV can't do justice to it and the like why would they go theater release but then as quickly the Netflix as they did
4: I think there are just some people who like to go out to the theater and like to go to openings and like to be the first people to see it and go to the okay. theater and do it. I think that it's that simple. And then most people anymore, unless it's a movie like like Maverick, right, Top Gun, a movie right. like that, you probably gain a lot by seeing it in a theater. Most people, most movies anymore, you see what's happening in the movie theaters. They are empty. They're trying to convert. They're trying to make it, you know, more comfortable and so on. But uh, I... I'll almost always now watch a movie at home, and certainly enjoyed watching this one at home. So, what
2: do you think? As did I. Um, when you and I talked about it last night, I said uh, the Philadelphia scenes. I wasn't keeping a running list, but off the top of my head, I would say I recognized eighty-five to ninety percent. A couple of times I would go wait wait a minute I don't know where that is yeah what neighborhood is that there was one or two two or three over the course of the movie that I just didn't know where they were shooting most others I did recognize and it truly is an homage to Philadelphia there are so many great shots and great scenes from Philly if you start with that as a premise if you're a Philly person and most of the people listening to our show right now are just that you'll absolutely love it then you get to the movie itself that was damn good too if, you know, I'm a uh, hoophead and a basketball guy, and the drills that they did, the, the phrasing that they used was mm-hmm. all on point. They recruited a whole bunch of recognizable Philadelphians, either players and or other personnel to be part of it. Everybody, yeah. It's- sandler was believable as a basketball guy because i know that he's a basketball guy uh he's a very famous actor and a good actor at that and a tremendous comedian but he likes to play hoops he plays all the time he's he's a basketball guy it wasn't like they were stretching for him to do a basketball movie he was absolutely behind it and a driving force with it so i give him credit for doing something that he was able to get behind and love and all in all, it was a damn good movie. I, I I can't go A plus, but I'm going at least A minus because of all the things. It might not be an A minus for non-Philadelphians, but if you're any kind of a Philadelphia sports fan, and yes, I believe that's the audience listening right now, it's a must see.
4: Yeah, it was made for us. It was made for Philadelphia. It was made for sports fans, and so it 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 filled those check those boxes. But overall, I, I Jody, I thought it was terrific. Um. It's your basic sports underdog story, right, both the scout and the player, and we've seen the story in different iterations a thousand times, which doesn't mean it's not a great movie. Um, when Ray and I wrote the ultimate book of sports movies, the 100 best sports movies of all time, we had basically four criteria we judged. So I'll run these by you, and you tell me how it fit, okay? It has to have an actual story. It has to have a plot with, with, with challenges and surprises and and triumphs and setbacks. A script. I thought it had that, right? Absolutely. Had a real script. Created goosebumps a couple times. It has to have top flight sports action because a sports movie where people just stand around stops being a compelling sports movie, right? You want sweat and blood and power and so on.
2: You like sports action? Oh, uh, that's what might have been for me as mm-hmm. a guy who was a basketball player up until age 19 when I broke my ankle in four places and started my broadcasting career there thereafter. <laughs> uh, I did all those drills. I went to those camps. I, I worked in gyms like the ones that they worked in, very recognizable Philadelphia gyms. I didn't work in these gyms because I wasn't here when I was 19 and a basketball player. But I did all of those things. If you are a guy who grew up with hopes of being a college basketball player or uh, the one percenters who could ever make it to the NBA, been there, done that, relived it. It was outstanding. Yeah, and the games were good. I mean, the, the you know from the playground games to the, the games at the
4: Combine, the basketball action was really good. In part because what I'm going to say next, which is, you need three dimensional characters, right? You need you need heroes and and villains and bums, and this one had it. the The guy who played the owner's son, Ben Foster, was a good villain. Anthony Edwards, man, he was terrific, as the you know highly touted rookie coming in, uh, playing a good villain, and and you really rooted. Certainly, you rooted for this the kid from Majorca, right? So
2: works on that point. And, oh, by the way, again, fits perfectly with Philadelphia in in the time we're in because last week you and I talked about Julian Lurie, who will eventually take over for the the, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. And that evoked the name of Jay Snyder, who did what he did when he was uh, hands-on with the Philadelphia Flyers. Ed never walked away, but Jay had a hand in on uh, the the Flyers when he was uh, the, the son thereof. Oh, Vince Merrick was so hateable. The the owner's son, Robert Duvall's son, was so hateable as the heir apparent to the organization. Yes. I thought he was one of the stars of the movie.
4: Yes, he was. Uh, And it has to be be realistic. The story has to be realistic to a point, right? I mean, could a kid discovered on a playground in Majorca who'd never played organized basketball become, I'm I'm assuming, a first-round NBA pick? Unlikely, but it's also unlikely that you know, a Philadelphia tomato can like Rocky ends up the heavyweight champ. Right, And they sold it. And they sold it enough that you bought it. It had great cameos, Jay Wright and Pat Croce and every every sixter other than Embiid. I kept looking for Embiid. <laughs> uh, I read that he declined because he wanted to focus on training for the season, which, if that's true, is great. I love, uh, I'm going to say the name right, Boban Marjanovic. Bobon. yes. Yeah, Bobon was his usual great goofy self. I thought Kenny Smith, by the way, was really good as the agent.
2: He can act. Kenny's a bud. I did a show, a full-year show of NBA basketball talk in the satellite world with Kenny Smith, so he's a pal. Um, here's my one knock on Kenny, and I love him. He's a buddy, but yeah. he wasn't swarmy enough. No, he wasn't swarming. He was likable. Yeah. Agents are supposed to be swarmy.
4: Well, at least, at least give me a little look at swarmy, cliche. Kenny. Yeah. Oh, Glenn. He doesn't work Glenn. for
2: sports, Jody. What can I tell you? Glenn, you know it's not a cliche. You well, you know I, it's a <laughs> is it overstated? Probably. Yeah, oh, but that there are a whole bunch of swarming agents
4: I, I, out I, there. He, he played he played it well. And the kid, um his name? Harren Gomez. Juan Wancho- Johan. Uh, Herman Gomez, Herman Gomez, uh, Hernan Gomez, Hernan Gomez was likable and he had charisma. And I'm not at the biggest Adam Sandler fan. I sometimes I think his movies are good. Sometimes I can't stand him. I thought he was great. I thought he was good. So to me, I would say in my mind this is the fourth best movie, sports movie ever made in and about Philadelphia. I still Rocky's number one. That's not even. That's not a discussion. I put Creed as number two. I thought Creed was great. Michael B. Jordan became a star in that movie. Um, it explained the term John. It showed great places around the city. <laughs> I thought Stallone knew how to keep the franchise going by kind of handing it off there. And it had Joe Conklin and Big Daddy, so you know, or at least a sign about them. Uh, I have Invincible as the third best. Um, and I have this as the fourth best sports movie ever made in Philadelphia.
2: That's a pretty good list.
4: I had a Uh, silver linings playbook.
2: Yeah, I didn't think of something. I know it was all about the Eagles, but there wasn't as much. uh, You felt the Philadelphia in hustle because they got out to so many different locations. Yeah, I know that I was there. I remember back then. I didn't get that with silver linings playbook. Although silver linings
4: playbook, you. you know, the diner scene. Yeah. Yeah. That diner's at the end of my street. Oh really? It's all yes. about your house, it's the Lanark Diner. It's literally, okay. it's literally down the street. Uh, one right day right. I'm I'm here and I get a note like Robert De Niro is down the street. Like, what? <laughs> anyway, so I I really liked it. It's it's certainly worth seeing. Um, great job and congratulations to Adam Sandler. Everybody should watch this movie. That's, and that's it did uh,
2: make Sixer fans say, well, what did what'd they do during the offseason? Your uh, anecdote about Joel taking a pass because he was working out. Now maybe some of our uh, Sixer fans go, well, that's why Matthias Steibel went in a tank offensively. Yeah. He didn't work it up on his game all offseason. That's why he couldn't do anything for us offensively in the playoffs.
4: Well, whatever. I liked it. And um, people should watch it. It's it's really good. I, gave it, uh, I give it a B plus. Which is which is good. You give it an give A minus. Even so. better. I'm at A Yeah. Minus. yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, okay. Let's go to Neil in the Northeast. You're on with uh, Jody McDonald Glenn Mac. Now, what's going on, Neil? Yeah. Hey so Neil. Ray go. Dinger. Before we go. Okay. Ray Dinger, the last week when you didn't call, told me to tell you. Now, actually, I did call, but um, they had some guests on. I'm and sorry. Then, like, I called that Saturday,
5: and you said they had nothing but guests. So, yeah, uh, actually I was take going calls. To try call Sunday. But, but... Okay,
4: well, whatever. Just listen to me for a second. Ray wanted me to tell you goodbye, and you're one of his favorite callers. Yeah, well, anyway. it, yeah,
5: you made it for me, um, you and Ray, you know, especially – some of your food outings, you know, like, I mean, that was great. Appreciate you know, seeing John Caney and, and some of the other celebrity, you know, there, that was, that was great. I mean, I love John, you know, and I miss him a yeah. lot. Great and, guy. uh, and, uh, even at the Eagles charities and, uh, seeing Ray's play. Um, I mean, Ray was a consummate professional and elegant and, his honesty is unbelievable sure. you know like his integrity sure
4: so what's on your mind today um well um
5: i, I wanted you, you was saying about the uh, otas and the not using pads and things like that but i i i mean I, I know what you're saying about the early part of the schedule but they were 2 and 6 but also the schedule was brutal then it's a lot easier now like they play detroit um Jacksonville and they got the com you know at Wentz so it's a lot easier schedule and like near the end of the schedule gets maybe a little bit tough but it's a lot easier uh, schedule.
4: I would argue that you never
2: know how easy the
4: schedule is going to be yeah
2: and that's one of the toughest things about it we all have our preconceived notions we can look back at last year's schedule and go oh all right here's the soft part here's the hard part and then you play the next year, and the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> nobody would have called Cincinnati a tough out going into last year, but they end up playing in the championship game.
5: Yeah, but all the quarterbacks with a eighty plus, you know, like rating with pass completions and whatever. I mean, they saw some. Really good quarterbacks the first like eight weeks, you know, like there, and it was like that. Probably was tough on the record, you know, the way the defense played. And so, by saying what you're
4: saying, are you defending their lack of uh, OTA work in OTAs? You're saying that that's okay because they're facing easy teams. Because that's what I'm hearing, man.
5: I'm saying, Glenn. Look like when Carson Wentz and the, how devastated the offensive line was, and the two years of injuries, and they had a below 500 record. So, I mean, I I know they have like uh, new people, especially at linebacker and some of the defensive positions. So they want to acclimate them into the game, and you know, like obviously, what they had like. 31 of the worst yeah, uh, sack I records. I so, know,
4: you got to work. All right, quickly, what's your Phillies point?
5: Um, I think
4: definitely
5: Thompson was the move. You know, I don't know how Jody feels, but Joe Girardi was too analytical. His use of the bullpen was ridiculous about, you know, like three days or more, you know, like that, and, and give him days off or things like that. I think Thompson's – well, you Obviously, Jody knows Thompson. You know when he was a bench coach with the Yankees, and you know all the uh, years he's been and, We, we, he we got go. to go, very- Jody.
4: We're uh, we're going to actually we're going to talk uh, to John Heyman in a moment. But uh, I think you've kind of you've kind of said you like you've always liked Thompson.
2: I'm a Thompson guy, but let me once again say, what has he done different than Girardi since he's taken over, other than not be Joe Girardi? He's handled the pitchers and the bullpen and about pretty much the same way Joe Girardi has. It was more of a personality thing than it was a strategic type change.
4: Yeah. And sometimes that's enough. Again, and I'll always point to Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel was not the the greatest strategic manager in the history of baseball, but Charlie lasted for a good long time because Charlie knew how to handle a clubhouse. Now the, Thompson's been there for a week and a day so I'm not going to declare that he's going to even be here in a year or two years or ten years. But sometimes you do need a, a different personality. A guy knows how to handle a clubhouse. And I think Joe Girardi, for whatever reason, had lost that.
2: And one of the things that we probably undersell here in Philadelphia, and I mentioned it a couple of times, but I didn't even know it, so I didn't harp on it. They didn't pick up Joe Girardi's option last offseason. Correct. And they could have, which told you Joe, you better get the job done here. We're going to get you some better players. Uh, and it's now we're never, and when they fell eight games below 500, yeah, Dave Dombrowski at least was leaning that way. He wouldn't cop to it when they had the press conference, and he said it kind of after they got beat by the Mets, swept to New York. That's when it really moved forward, and he talked to his baseball guys and kind of made the decision. Oh, but they had leanings prior to that when they didn't pick up Girardi's option during this past offseason. Mm-hmm.
4: 215 592 9494. John Heyman is going to join us coming up. Odyssey MLB Insider. Hey, are you tired of dealing with your old drafty windows and doors in your house? Maybe it's time you finally go Guida. The great people at Guida Door and Window will help make your window and door replacement project more affordable with their buy one, get one half off sale. For every door window you buy, you get a second one at 50% off. And you can mix and match the savings to suit your own needs. Example, buy an entry door. You get half off a storm door. Buy a patio door. Get 50% off a window. If you need to replace all the windows and doors in your house, well, you can save 50% on half your project. The more you need, the more you save. Plus, Guida is making it easier for you to afford your project with no money down and interest-free financing for up to 18 months. Act Now offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply for full details. Call Guida today. Schedule a free no obligation, in-home estimate at one 877 go or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
6: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
7: Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's a one-run lead for the Phillies,
2: 6-5 in the pitch. Breaking ball, blasted. Forget about it. Way back
6: to left as that is a moonshot from Reese Hoskins. (laughs) Second homer of the night for Hoskins. It's his 11th of the season, and it's a 7-5 Phillies lead as Reese
4: gets one back. All right, joining the show. Is Odyssey MLB uh, Insider, John Heyman. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the books don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Uh, John, Jody McDonald, and Glenn Acknow, happy to have you on. Uh, I heard you on the podcast with Joel Sherman, whatever it was, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, and you speculated... Uh fifty one games in that Joe Girardi was not going to last. You were correct, sir. As the belts go off in your car, proving it
6: correct. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Well, I, I thought he would last a little longer. Uh he wasn't Dave Dombrowski's guy to begin with. That's never a good sign. Uh you know, obviously the vibe wasn't good. Dave made the right call. I think Joe Girardi is by and large a good manager. He's makes the right move, but uh, this team needed something else. They needed to relax. They've got a relaxed guy now, Rob Thompson. Uh, That might just be a better fit for them.
2: You used a specific word. Bryce Harper used the same word, John, vibe. How do you change vibe? How
6: do you get the right vibe? Well, the only known way to do that is to change the manager, and I think that will do it sometimes. Obviously, Girardi's a good manager. He, you know, you get one manager of the year in, in Florida with the Marlins, uh, did get fired after that. Uh, you know, he had all winning seasons in New York, 10 in a row, got fired after that. Um, you know, it's a tough job, so he's used to getting fired. But uh, I do think that changing managers is the most easy and obvious way to do it. You know, uh, unless you got one player in there that's some supreme problem and you get rid of them, but I, I don't think that's usually the case. Easiest thing to do, um, is, is to change managers. And I do think this, uh, you know, I mean, seven and oh, Thompson is right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we, my, we was it Joe Morgan, yeah, was it Joe Morgan with the, uh, with the Red Sox uh, 30-something years ago that started 7-0. and or he, I don't know what he started. 12, like he that. went
4: 12-0 and to start, yeah. Yeah,
6: I mean, it, they seem very relaxed. I think they're happier. <laughs> it's, it's working. It uh, should be interesting. It's a tough division, and it's now showing itself. You know, the Marlins were off to a terrible start. They are now playing well. The Braves, not a good start. They're a really good team. Obviously, we know the Mets are a good team. Uh, this this is a tough division, and we're finally
4: seeing this. Uh, you're getting a little ahead of us, but uh, John Heyman is our guest. on Twitter at John J O N H E Y M A N. So yeah, so they pivot to a guy, Rob Thompson. Uh, you probably know him better than we do. You're up in New York. You were you saw him during more than we did during his years with the Yankees. Um, what do you know about him? What is it that he does well? Who who is he? Other than a guy who never loses. <laughs>
6: Well, I think he's a very uh, relaxed, uh, confident guy. Um, I think he, people like him. Um, you know, I'll we'll give Girardi credit. He's the one who brought him in, right? So, yep. um, you know, I, I, I think he was always looked at as a good second in command because uh, he can get along with everybody. Being a manager is a little more difficult. This will be a test, obviously. Uh, but very good personality. Um, you know, I I think that will play well with this team. You know, Girardi, very good X and O's, but uh, you know, not as a rela- not as relaxed as as Thompson seems to be. So uh, I think this is what the team needed. Um, you would think to Girardi with the older players would work, with with star players would work. That seems to be a, a good spot for him. But uh, I think Thompson. Um, might be the right, exactly the right guy. It feels like you know, I'm not there. You guys are there. We're seeing more, more at least productivity from Stott and Moniak and all the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the younger guys, uh, you know, probably have the feeling that Girardi is more of a veterans manager. And I, I think that Thompson, uh, you know, is open to playing the young guys. I, I think they should. I think they should play their young guys. I think these guys are talented. Uh, last year with Boehm to have ever to have played Torres, so and I understand you know Boehm has some weaknesses. Uh, he's not a great defensive player, but to play Torres over him, I think that that was an error. you know I think it's better to live with some mistakes and uh, let Bohm play because he he may be a star.
2: And he's actually played better defensively this year than he did last year. had one really bad night the first couple weeks of the season, yeah. but he's actually picked up his defense and is now a, an important part of that lineup. Uh, The biggest part of that lineup, of course, is Bryce Harper. He's playing like an MVP again, but he hasn't been able to play the field because of his elbow issue, and it's going to be at least a month, if not more so, before they even try it, and then they have to decide if they do or don't uh, want him to have surgery. How handicapping was that for Girardi? Is that for Robbie Thompson going forward that they basically got a locked-in DH every day?
6: I mean, it's clearly a disadvantage. It's a team that has a great offense and not a great defense, as you guys well know. And, you know, really, frankly, have two or three guys who'd be better off as DH. And Harper's not one of them. Um, he's at least an average defender. And, uh, you know, if you got average defense with this hitting, they would win a lot of games. But, I mean, this team is kind of an experiment. Incredible offense. Can they overcome the defensive mistakes they're going to make? Um, they should do it more often than not. It should be better than 500. Now they're up to 500. Um, certainly a disadvantage, though their outfield defense uh, is not going to be good. Uh, but it should make up for it because you know Castellanos and Schwarber are really good hitters, and uh, they're not going to they're going to out hit their mistakes. I think in the in the end,
4: that's the theory. That's the plan. Uh, John Heyman. <laughs> One one of the uh, recurring problems with the Phillies, and it has been for years now, is the bullpen. They kind of you know reshuffle the cards every year, but it tends to be the same thing. Um, there's there's some rumors they looked at Trevor Rosenthal. I don't know that he's got anything. Um, he did a showcase, but do you? Are there other names, uh, bullpen names, that you think may shake out as teams that aren't contending decide to you know kind of shed talent? Any any. I know it's early for rumors, but any possibilities you could see out there?
6: Well, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously, David Robertson didn't work out there. He's doing well with the Cubs. That'll be one guy that'll be out on the market. uh, Melanson, uh will be out on the market. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys had Kennedy for a while. I'm not sure that that's the answer there. But, uh, you know, I think we'll see with Arizona. They've, they're better now. Uh, there are a lot of teams that are fairly close to the race now, so I'm not sure exactly who's going to sell it's going to certainly be a seller's market you're going to have to overpay i mean bednar with pittsburgh but he's a young guy making very little so that would take a ton to get him um there will be some some decent relievers out on the market i don't i I think there's no question about that but whoever it is you're probably going to have to overpay because um you know uh many more buyers than sellers at this point
4: I find it interesting that most of the names are guys who've already shuffled through here yeah. in the past. They've all been <laughs> we,
6: there. All we been did the David Robertson while.
4: experiment. I don't, yeah. I don't think we need that no, one again. He's been good
6: with the Cubs, though. He's good with the Cubs.
4: Of course. Good before he got here. Good after he left. John, <laughs> well, let me I not
6: call the Cubs a lucky team. But, yeah, in this case, uh, they, they, they've done better with Robertson. That's correct.
2: John, let me ask you about the team that the Phillies and everybody else is looking up in the NL East, and that's the Mets, who have been nothing short of spectacular so far this year. To do what they're doing, Sans Jacob Grom having thrown a pitch all year, and Max Scherzer has been out for up, upwards of a month now. Uh, the other guys have stepped in and done the job. Uh, their offense is better than most people expected. And we're talking about managers and Rob Thompson and how he fits. How is this Buck Showalter thing fit like a glove in New York so far?
6: Well, this is his fifth job, so I think he's got it right. You know, Remember, Joe Torre took four jobs before he became a Hall of Fame manager. Uh, It's not an easy job. A lot of adjustments need to be made. Um, Beyond the X's and O's, uh, you know, there's dealing with all these different personalities and egos. And uh, it seems like he learned a lot from his first four jobs. And he was manager of the year three times. So we know the guy's a good X and O's manager and he knows all the strategy, knows all the rules. Uh, he's really sharp, but he's, he seems to be much better in terms of the personality, dealing with the media, dealing with the players. And, uh, you know, they needed an experienced guy. I think Rojas is going to be a good major league manager at some point. Uh, for New York, I think they need somebody with experience. And, Certainly the Yankees with Tory, they got somebody with ultra experience, and here with Joe Walter, same thing.
4: Last one before we let you go, John, give us your uh, current pick, as we're now, whatever, about 40% into the season, of uh, MVP and Cy Young for each league. <laughs>
6: um, let's see here. Uh, I would say Judge is probably the MVP in the American League. I would say Goldschmidt is probably the MVP in the National League. Um, McClanahan uh, from the Rays is the Cy Young wow. winner, okay, in the American League at this point. And uh, boy, National League uh, Cy Young, help me out. Who are the candidates? Um,
2: um, that's a good question because there is no standout know. guy. And McClanahan,
6: I, I, did did
2: I? Somebody told me this. I didn't see it. Shame on me. I should have cut the box it. Did the Rays actually play a game this week in under two hours? Because yes, of McClanahan taking the ball and just throwing it, he gets it, he throws it, he gets it, he throws it, strike, 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 strike. Under two hours? I thought that
6: was a physical impossibility in 2022. He's <laughs> like a, gym, a young Jim Cotter with strikeouts. Leads the league in strikeouts. He's had a 95 ERA, 0.95 over the last six um, outings. Um, to me, he's surpassed Cortez and Perez and Cole and Berlander and all the others, Um, he's been really, really good.
4: Hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know, National League, uh, Cy Young. I mean, Corbin Burns was doing great, crapped out against the
2: Phillies. You you know who it might be? Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove, yes. (laughs) guy nobody ever heard of or talks about. If yeah. you had the McClanahan Musgrove exacta <laughs> for for Cy Young before the season started in both leagues, yeah, it'd be more than the Kentucky Derby winner uh, paid when he won at eighty to one.
6: Right, you're absolutely right. Musgrove eleven starts at, uh, with at least six innings and uh, fewer than two uh, two or fewer runs. Um, it's pretty remarkable. Um, I think the last guy to do that was, geez, I'm, I can't remember. I think there was. Somebody who did 12 in a row to start the season. Um, But 11, spectacular. He has been the best pitcher in the National League. Thank you for giving me that one. That's all right, and nobody (laughs)
4: knows who he is. All right, I lied with the last question. Here it is. Uh, When the season ends, what, six teams make the playoffs now, right, in each league? Correct. Will will the Philadelphia Phillies be in the postseason, John Heyman?
6: Um, No. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I had San Diego as my sixth team, and I'm going to have to stick with that um they're obviously on the right track i think the national league is tougher than the american league at numbers five six seven eight san francisco's in a tough spot too so i would say ultimately uh going to be tough for them to make it but I, at this point i give them a chance you know obviously a week ago it didn't look like they had a chance uh they got a chance now
4: well you know what and that is a lot better than we thought we were a week ago john hayman thank you so much for being our guest
6: All right, great talking to you guys. See you later. Thanks, Johnny.
4: I appreciate it. That was John Heyman and Odyssey MLB Insider. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us make better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Jody, when you said if you had the uh, McClanahan-Musgrove daily double, exactly, whatever,
2: (laughs) Or Daily W, play yeah. it your way, yeah.
4: Yeah, so does – I mean, baseball's got 10,000 problems, and, you know, I, I still love it. You still love it. I get frustrated with it. But is part of baseball's problem now that it doesn't have those big identifiable stars?
2: Well, I think they still have them maybe not as much on the pitching side as they used to because the way that managers manage games yep. um starting open, pitchers yeah get, get me five five and dive and I'll go to four different guys to get the last four innings. Uh, there isn't the dominant hand him the ball bullpen gets the day off, he's going all-nine starting pitcher. Um, but there are still the Mike Trouts and the Bryce Harpers and the Aaron Judges of the world. Uh, we just ran down a couple of the MVP guys. Goldschmidt out of 20-some-odd game yeah. inning streaks. So I'd say they're, they're still there on the offensive side, but – yeah, the, the days of though. Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton and Tom Seaver are no longer in the office.
4: Well, and, and yes, and when I do this, listen, when I used to do this with Ray, Ray would go like, eh, where's Robin Roberts and Warren Spahn? And it's like, okay, I, I don't need to go back that far. I didn't even need to go back that far. I It wasn't, I mean, Roy Halladay would throw, what, 250 innings a year, right?
2: Over 200 for sure. Yeah. 250? I probably uh, got there a couple of times. 230, yeah, that's more like it. A- okay.
4: Um, I think that the game has lost something in appeal. And again, maybe it's just me because I grew up. All those names you mentioned were the guys I grew up on, right? And then I enjoyed the next generation of those guys into the nineties, into the into the aughts. And now, like, I don't know what the league leader is going to have in innings. Is anybody going to throw two hundred innings
2: this year? If they do, that'll there'll be a handful at best.
4: Yeah. And starting pitching, which to me is one of the most fun parts of the game, is the part that's been diminished most. So you get, as you said, you get your starting pitcher, give me five, and then you got a half a dozen hellacious throwers in the bullpen, right? Six-foot-four, 230-pound guys who can just throw heat. Right, 100 And each plus. of them, you know, like throw 20 pitches as hard as you can and then go sit down for the next two days because we got eight of you. And that's – I I don't want to complain about baseball because it's easy to, but that's a part of baseball that I think makes the game less fun for me.
2: Well, here's a backhanded defense of baseball because, you know, basically I agree with you. When you and I were a little bit younger, do you ever remember the phrase maintenance days for basketball players? No that they were perfectly healthy and fine, but we're not going to play them tonight because we want them well-rested by the time the playoffs come around. And it started with Popovich a couple of years ago when he had his uh, three 30-plus superstars that he just wasn't going to play and didn't care if other arenas were sold out on the road and they were coming to see Tim Duncan play. Sorry, it's a maintenance day for Tim Duncan. He's not playing. Uh, we're watching the Eagles have 13 practices during this offseason uh, that they're allowed to decide, no, nah, six is enough. Two hours, Nah, 45 minutes is enough. Less is more, Glenn. Their their investments, they're big-time salaried guys, and they don't want to run the risk of overusing them and or injuring them.
4: Yeah, well, that's a good point. Hey, good time to get in. We've got some open lines. Had a lot of guests this hour. 215-592-9494. Get in before the top of the hour. We have a really fun feature at noon. Our pal, Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, is in the midst of a project where – and Joey, we have to ask him how he did this – collected yeah. the 50 greatest announcer calls in the history – of the Phillies, and, and downloaded each of them off of YouTube. And I'm, I don't know about you. I went through them last night. I'm playing them. Oh, man, the memories are, are terrific.
2: So. Uh, I'll kid because we care, and Anthony's friend. Here's my only issue with the whole thing. Oh, oh. It sound, sounds like it's all Anthony's choice. That it is. his criteria was yeah whatever moves me. Do you trust Sam Filippo with that? I'll let you go, Adam. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll referee that one. <laughs> All
4: right. I need, I need the guy as a friend. He directs me in place. As, I can't, as I can't do I.
2: But but we're allowed to pimp a little bit here, <laughs> oh, are yeah. we? Oh yeah.
4: Oh yeah. You oh know, you could yeah, you I can. Yeah, I might push be different.
2: I might be different than Ray in that way. Yeah, I don't think Ray ever go pimped anybody. It. But no. uh, yours Julie, every once in a while, we'll take a shot.
4: 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, Saturday morning, 94 WIP. Jody?
2: J-Mac, um, I, I hope you saw this on Twitter because the person who sent it in, Bill Hangley Jr., sent it to both of us. Didn't Re- see. Remember you asked me last week about who Rob Thompson looks like? And you said that uh, Ava and uh, Bill Matz uh, went down the road of uh, the, the former manager from Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau, yeah. Bad news bears, absolutely. went out of my mind. Um, but you correctly identified Walter as a hangdog face guy, which yeah. he really is. He is the definition of a hangdog guy. And I don't think Rob Thompson is quite that. Uh, Bill Hangley Jr. sent us this on Twitter, both you and I. He said, I knew Thompson reminded me of somebody, and last night it hit me. Do you know the the actor Dan Hedaya? Oh, yeah. yeah. A.K.A. Nick Tortorelli, uh, who was Carla's wife, uh, husband on Cheers. Carla was his wife. Yes. That's Rob Thompson. And he uh, included a picture of uh yeah, that works something. It works. That's more Rob Thompson than uh, Walter Matha Walter, uh, a little too old. And I think uh, the, uh, Dan Hadaya he- he- is like 70 himself, 75 plus himself. But the younger Dan yeah, 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 I see it. is what Rob Thompson looks That's like. That's pretty good. That's outstanding.
4: I'm sticking with Matthau only because he was a manager. But I, I like Hadaya. That's a very good pull. So, it is. There uh, you go.
2: Give credit to Bill Hangley Jr. for tweeting that to us. All
4: right. Do me a favor, Kyle. Play the cut.
6: And Trout sends one to the right side. Whoa, what a play. Nick Maton, a
7: diving play. He may have hurt himself, but he made an unbelievable grab for the second
4: ounce. us just hope he just knocked the wind out of himself. He went down hard. Well, unfortunately, he didn't just knock the wind out of himself, John Kruk. He did hurt himself, that diving catch that Nick Mayton made last week. Uh, left arm outstretched, landed on it, and uh, ended up with uh, going on the 10 day disabled list with a, I got to get it right, shoulder sprain. We are joined now by our friend, Dr. David Gelt from Cooper Bone and Joint Doc. How are you today?
3: Pretty good. Good to see you guys together
4: Yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks, Thank Doc. you. So we had a couple of injuries this week, and I want to get this right. Nick Maton, on a diving catch, had a shoulder sprain. And Camargo, uh, on Monday, hurt his right knee and has a right knee strain. Um, what's the difference, if we can dive, between a sprain and a strain?
3: So basically, you can sprain a ligament and strain a muscle or a tendon. Um, I mean, they're somewhat similar. There's really soft tissue injuries, um, and there's different variations on how bad it is. As far as uh, Nick Maytime, when he falls on his outstretched arm, usually that involves actually what they call the AC joint, which is where your collarbone and shoulder meet together, that little bump right on top. Yep. And sometimes there's a couple ligaments on that connect those, and sometimes you can injure that. So you have pain with going across your arm or going up uh, above your head. Um, the good thing is usually that heals pretty well, um, and it's sort of like pain to your guide, and then uh, let it settle down and you get back to playing. But... I kind of like didn't have any structural damage, which is a good thing. So hopefully, he will be back uh, after 10 to 14 days. All right. Uh, and and Camargo. Yeah, so Camargo, I think he, I didn't actually see it. I think my actual son told me, was, I guess he was running over the base and he uh, tweaked it, I guess. I'm not sure exactly the, uh, the mechanism of it. Um, it sounds like he's, uh, he was, I guess he continued to play that game. I don't know if he sat out afterwards, but then he got soreness. Um, sounds like, you know, I don't know if there's any structural issues. It would be, you know, uh, uh, ligament on the inside part of the knee may have gotten kind of irritated or even some of the tendon, the hamstring behind the knee, um, that have been aggravated. But uh, I'm not sure they didn't give me too much detail, for i okay.
2: trying to read about it. Doc, I only have one question for you this week, and know full well I'm asking it with my some my tongue somewhat implanted in my cheek. Uh, Glenn and I discussed this in the first segment or the second segment of the show about the Eagles. Doing less in their off-season work—six uh, practice sessions as compared to the amount of thirteen that they could have used—two-hour uh, limits as uh, compared to the one hour that they would put in. What is the exact percentage that the Eagles are lessening the possibility of injuries by doing half as much work during the off-season as they could have potentially done? And
3: I think that's the million-dollar question. I don't know if anybody really knows if it's you know an hour versus two hours. You know, injuries happen. Just often, fluke issues. You know, sometimes overuse problems. But if you're just doing uh, walkthroughs or, uh, you know, not really doing any tackling, I don't know how much injury you're going to get versus you know an hour versus two hours. So, you know, I'm I'm with you guys a little bit where you know the more they're on the field, getting together, getting the flow of things, get to know each other, I think it's better uh, for the long run for, for for sure. Absolutely,
4: Doc. I know you're a movie guy. Have you got a chance to check out Hustle yet on uh, Netflix?
3: I have not. Um, actually, I saw uh, one of my patients was a uh, one of the uh, extras. Nice. Uh, so he was telling me a little bit about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be uh, heard of, so a lot of Philly. So it should be a
4: lot fun. of Philly. A lot of Philly, a lot of Philly connection, a lot of local athletes, a lot of local people. You will enjoy. Doc, we always enjoy talking to you. Dr. David Gelt from Cooper Bone & Joint. Enjoy the rest uh, of your weekend. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. All right thank Doc. you so much. So, Judy, I got a question for you kind of off of this. When all these guys are healthy, right? So these are these are two of your utility infielders. Um and and both have contributed this year. By the way, I read that Camargo when he was with Atlanta injured injured himself in 2017 stepping out of the dugout and then injured himself in 2019 jogging onto the field. So this guy knows how to get hurt. <laughs> you know. He should be practicing with the Eagles. Then he right. would never get hurt. There you go. Right? He hurt himself, like, going out to pick up his mail. Um, when you have Maton and when you have Camargo and when you have Stott and when you – well, we're not going to see um, – uh, what's his name for, for a good long time? Dee Dee. Um But when everybody's there, how who's playing for you? Who's coming off the bench and who you losing?
2: Well, and I appreciate the couple of days that Nick Maton had, but truth be told, he was hitting, like, 218 down Mm -hmm. at AAA. Um, So I think uh, Nick will certainly be one of the odd men out. Camargo is your locked-in middle infielder backup guy because he can play all three positions. Um, So he will certainly get his uh, job back. Hey, they got Matt Bierling, who is their fill-in second baseman as of right now because... Rob Thompson says so. Not right. that we have any evidence that he could actually play there, oh, but Rob a ground, says the grounders and batting practice. That's yeah, that means he's ready to play second base in a big league game. Um, so, and and Veerling got the huge home run the other day. I would consider him a uh, bubble guy as well. Uh, if Moniac struggles, then Veerling will be back. But my guess is right now that uh, Veerling, uh, Nick Maton, when he is activated, will be activated to the Iron Pigs, and uh, Veerling. Uh, gives them another good bat off the bench, which you like. Right now they have zero backup infielders. I'm not counting taking grounders during batting practice as enough to make me believe that uh, Veerling could actually play second base if necessary.
4: Makes sense to me. Let's sneak in Rick from Easton before the break. Hello, Rick. Glenn, you could
7: never ask for a better replacement in hey.
4: history for Ray
7: Dittinger than my friend uh, Jody Mack.
4: Appreciate uh, that.
7: One of the best. Uh, I've had experiences with both of you. You treated me like a gentleman and a mensch when I came home, when Dominic Key asked me to do the wrestling rankings back in 1980. And I always had <laughs> my hat off to you for that. And Jody, Mac, and I, we go back with some uh, wrestling promotion things. I actually met Jody also a second time standing in line for a beer at a, at the vet.
2: No, no, that didn't happen. I've never, I never stood in line for a beer at the back. That didn't
7: happen. Holes in your jeans and a t-shirt and a real man. And he was always a good guy. That's that's evidence for
4: me. Uh, Yes.
7: By the way, I just made my uh, my bet for the uh, Belmont Uh, uh, guys. uh, You guys are the best. And I just wanted everybody to know that you're real genuine people. And, and, And that was the main reason. So real quick. The issue that I have with today's athletes, and, and the problem is, and I was a breath of fresh air when I went to the uh, Phillies game a couple uh, weeks ago, I saw the time Bryce Harper. I sit in the Diamond Club, and I was able to sit and watch the batting practice before the games. The amount of time that Bryce Harper stands at the batting teeth that a five-year-old hits off of, and the soft toss, and taking extra batting practice before a game, he puts in almost an hour before the game even starts, which was a breath of fresh air. But I think the biggest problem, guys, with sports, and I see it in wrestling to NCAAs, and I see it in pro, in pro sports, when you see these kids are going to make it as a millionaire when they're in 7th and 8th grade, we put these kids on such pedestals because of the TV money and the TV contract. And these kids get cures and manicures when they're, like, in 8th grade. Golf and tennis. If you yeah. don't produce, you don't make money. TV money is killing sports at the collegiate and the pro level, and we have to get
4: back to reality in sports or we're doing it. Rick, it's, it's a good rant, but i got to hit a break. So oh. call next week, make the same rant, and we'll discuss more. Love
7: you guys. Keep <laughs> All right, break. nice to talk Thanks, to bye.
4: you. Bye. By the way, I do, we have met him. I've met him. You've met him. I once gave him the hairy eyeball for calling stalling him. He was a referee. He was a wrestling referee, and he called stalling on my son in a high really? school match. And I gave him. Yeah, he remembers the dirty look I gave him. <laughs> he deserved it. It was a bad call. I never. My rule with my son was never talk out loud at events. Right. He said like. My, he played hockey. He played wrestling. Uh, he, he wrestled and he and he uh, pole vaulted. And he said, his rule to me, and I appreciate it, he says, Dad, you can come, but I don't want to hear your voice. And it's like, okay, that's fair. So I I gave him the hairy eyeball.
2: As a guy who used to coach youth sports with my daughter when she was a basketball player, I had no problems with the parents having problems with the officials because then they didn't have problems with me (laughs) not playing their daughters. So it's perfectly fine (laughs) to attack the referees as much as possible. Please put your attention in their way. Yes, thank you. Okay. All
4: right. Hey, coming up. And this is really going to be fun. Our pal Anthony Sanfilippo uh, has a great feature he's been doing, although Jody's got a bit of a problem with it, but that'll be fun to explore, of the 50 greatest calls in, Philly, in Philly's history. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. Jody McDonald, Glenn now on 94 WIP.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.